Activist Radio is on the air. You've tuned into the Mark Harrington Show. Sponsored by Created Equal. Time is running out for our nation. I beg of you, you need to stand against the evil that's plaguing our nation. If you don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. Like, you kill a baby fetus, the same thing as killing any old inanimate object. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders. You, you, you young people, it's your movement now. It's not your parents anymore. The blood that is shed cries out to God from the ground for justice. And now, here's Mark. Well, hello, everyone. You've tuned in to Activist Radio on the Mark Harrington Show with your radio activist, Mark Harrington. Thanks for tuning in today. And you want to stick around for the next 26 minutes because we're going to be talking to Jill Stanick. And Jill is a, a registered nurse, and she's got a story to tell that you're going to want to listen to. Very encouraging on the one hand, but also very, very dire and grim on the other hand. hand. And in that, uh, she tells the story of witnessing a live birth abortion. Um, so you want to stick around for that. Uh, We're also going to have some action steps that you can take to get involved, to defend the unborn. So thanks for tuning in. You can pick up our radio program on all the popular podcast uh, platforms, as well as my social media sites. And we're also broadcast on terrestrial radio in Ohio and West Virginia. You can find out more by going to MarkHarringtonShow.org. I'm dot com. Sorry, MarkHarringtonShow.org. So what I'd like to do to set this up is two years ago in 2019, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam was interviewed on a local radio station there in Virginia. And he was asked about the late term abortion uh, ban, I think, that was being uh, moved through the uh, the General Assembly there in Virginia. And he was caught on tape talking very uh, bluntly about what he would suggest happen if a baby was born alive after an um, abortion attempt. So if you would, let's go ahead and play that clip. Again, this is Governor Ralph Northam. This is 2019, January 31st of 2019. So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So, so I think this was really blown out of proportion. Well, there you go. That's the short clip, the interview with Ralph Northam, the governor of Virginia, two years ago. And it started a firestorm of criticism towards him. In fact, President Trump at the time even criticized him. And we began the national discussion about uh, post-birth abortions, live abortions, if you want to call it that. Uh, Most Americans didn't even realize that was a thing. The truth of the matter is they have been happening and they are continuing to happen, unfortunately, across America. And so in order to discuss this further, I have my good friend and other my another pro-life advocate, Jill Stanick, with us today. Thanks, Jill, for being on the program. Thanks for having me, Mark. 
appreciate you coming on. Uh, so, Jill, you know, we, you were around when you heard this from Governor Northam. I'm sure it kind of struck a nerve with you because you were uh, you you witnessed something similar to this. Uh, what I'd like to do, if you would, is let's go back and if you would begin to talk about uh, the story of how you, as a registered nurse, actually witnessed what Ralph Northam is, was talking about, and that is a live birth abortion. Sure. I was working at Christ Hospital on the southwest side of Chicago in the labor and delivery department for over a year without knowing that live birth abortions were going on all around me. But I came mm. to report one night and heard that we were aborting a second trimester baby with Downs, and that's the first I learned of it. I uh, went on to find out that they aborted at Christ 10 to 15 times a year. And sometimes babies survived the procedure. And if they survived, they were shelved to die in the hospital's soiled utility room. So you're a registered nurse. What were you, what was your role at the hospital at the time? I worked in the labor and delivery department. Okay. So you were actually nearby or whatever. Is that where these, uh, I don't even want to call them procedures because they're really not. I mean, if you would, uh, is this where this happened? Yes, and they were done very quietly. There was no policy in place, and even personnel in the neonatal unit next to the labor and delivery unit didn't know that it was going on. It was very hush-hush. So take us back then. Um, you heard that this was going on, and then you were witnessed. I mean, you witnessed an actual case. How did that come to your attention? Yeah, I after I learned what was going on, I knew I'd have to do something about it, um, and that quickly came upon me when one night a nursing friend was taking a little abortion survivor who'd been aborted because he had Downs too to the soiled utility room to die because his parents didn't want to hold him, and she didn't have time to hold him that night. And when she told me what she was doing, I couldn't bear the thought of this suffering child dying alone. And so I cradled and rocked him for the 45 minutes that he lived. He was between 21 and 22 weeks old. He was about the size of my mm -hmm. hand. And he mm -hmm. didn't move very much because he was using all of his energy attempting to breathe. And toward the end of his life, I couldn't even tell if he was alive or not unless I held him up against the light to see if I could see his heart beating through his chest wall because their skin is so thin at that age. And I um, was immediately um, converted to a pro-life activist in the span of that wow. 45 minutes. I would imagine I that's true. Changed. If you would, uh, Jill, let's back up a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the type of abortion that you witnessed uh you know it, it's it's not the typical kind where there's dismemberment or uh suction abortion this is a later term baby uh they uh conduct this differently uh, if you would explain how this is done as grisly as it is for our uh, viewers and listeners to to watch and listen to uh i think people need to know that this is a thing uh, and it's still going on. So if you would explain what goes on uh, in this type of an abortion. Sure. This is called an induced labor abortion, or um, they try to code it 
covered up by calling it um, early delivery, early induction of labor. And uh, what happened at Christ Hospital was these were usually wanted babies. And during the mother's second trimester, ultrasounds and testing, um, it was discovered that there was something wrong with the baby. And so I, my opinion is moms were coerced, um, pressured mm. to abort. And that is how it came to be that these happened. There's two ways that this can be done. One is by just inserting a medication up the birth canal to the cervix, which is the opening that's supposed to stay tightly closed until a mom is 40 weeks pregnant and goes into labor. And this is what dilates to 10. And this medication called misoprostol irritates the cervix and causes it to open early. And what we're talking about are fully formed babies, but they're very small. The goal is to try and have these babies be delivered and they will die during the birth process or soon afterward. My experience was that around one fourth of the babies survived. Christ Hospital admitted about 20%. So it was about the same. And uh, the alternative is what we see in abortion mills like Carhartt's mill. And that is they do the same procedure, but before they induce labor, they inject the baby's heart with a mm -hmm. medication, digoxin or potassium chloride that causes instant cardiac arrest or instant heart attack so that the baby dies before the procedure is initiated. Now, Governor Northam is a pediatric neurologist. Right. And by the way, he said, I know exactly what would go, what would what would go on indicates to me that he's probably been in the room. He's probably been one of the decision makers. Mm. He was on the opposite side mm. of me holding the baby. He was one of the deciders that said, this baby is not going to um, be resuscitated. Survive. Let this baby die. Right. My guest is Jill Stanick. She's a registered nurse. She also uh, works for the uh, Susan B. Anthony list. And you can find out more by going to sbalist.org. That's sbalist.org. And if you're listening to this, folks, and uh, and you're outraged, which you should be, by the grisly and calculated, cold calculated uh, killing of born alive children, then you need to do something about it. And what I'm urging you to do is, first of all, begin to pray that there would be more Jill Stanics out there, that there'd be more nurses and doctors, other physicians that would refuse to perform abortions, refuse to participate in the killing of unborn babies and would come out and speak out against it. We need more people like Jill testifying against what's going on in America. Uh, and so that'd be the first thing you could do is pray for more uh, medical people, healthcare providers, doctors and so forth, nurses to come forward and speak out. And then later in the program, we'll give you a second uh, action point. So Jill, this is an induced labor abortion. Sounds very clinical. And um, you know, what it really is, is a post uh, birth abortion. A baby's alive and they allow it to die. They allow the baby to die. Uh, you talked about taking the baby to the soiled utility room. Uh, what's that? Is that, that just a, sorry, what's that? Um, it is the place where we 
take our soiled linens, soiled okay. instruments. There's a urinal in there, you know, okay. a pretty place. And that's where you sat with the baby for 45 minutes. That's where the um, baby was on his way to. It was a little I old, see. But I sat with the baby at the nurse's station until that charge nurse said it'd probably be better for me to not I be see. so in public. And I moved to another room. So after this happened, obviously, this was a traumatic uh, event for you, obviously, for the baby who died. It was traumatic. Uh, but it was a traumatic event for you. It changed your life. What happened then? I went to my supervisors. First, I wrote a letter to the Christ Hospital religious leaders because I thought they couldn't know what was going on there. And they knew it is affiliated with the United Church of Christ and the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, which are pro-abortion denominations. And that's something I didn't even know existed then. But they knew. And as a result of my letter, I was called in for a meeting with my department superiors. They said they weren't going to quit, that this had been uh, being conducted clandestinely for 20 years and if I might be better suited at another hospital that was more in line with my pro-life convictions. But I didn't quit. I thought God had placed me there for a reason. And so I eventually went public when they wouldn't stop and stayed there two years. Um, after that, was put on final warning and, and other things happened. And then I was finally terminated. Uh, again, my guest is Jill Stanick. She's a registered nurse. We're talking about her witnessing a, a live birth abortion. Um, Jill, I mean, it's an outrage that uh, this was done anywhere, let alone a hospital named after our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's Christ Hospital, for goodness sake. And this was going on inside there. It's outrageous. Uh, the other thing that you talked about is after this event, they set up what was called a comfort room mm -hmm. to, to yeah. deal with this it, it, rather than having uh, someone like yourself just do this out wherever you were rocking the baby for 45 minutes. They created a separate place for the children to go to after the abortion was uh, performed or whether it was induced labor. Uh, can you explain that? And, and as we do, I've got some uh, photos that you took of this room that I'd like to show on the screen as well. So talk about the so-called comfort room. My guess is it was nothing, nothing close to being comfortable, especially for the baby. No, um, it, after I went public, um, Christ Hospital became embarrassed and created what they called the comfort room. This was a small, nice- Rather than stopping the, 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 the barbarity, they created this room. Yeah, That's I kind of metaphorically, Jesus called, um, said talk, talked about whitewashed tombs and that's that's how mm -hmm. i picture this but it was yeah. a small nicely decorated room with complete with a first photo machine in case parents wanted professional pictures taken of their aborted baby a rocking chair baptismal supplies in case they wanted their aborted baby baptized and it the concept was just so horrific i did take pictures yes so the That's comfort room had, I'm sorry. So the comfort room so-called had a first photo machine. I yeah. want you to explain what that is. Baptismal supplies. I hate to think what that is. Foot footprinting equipment, rocking chair, 
and baby breast bracelets for mementos. I mean, this is beyond sickening. But go ahead and explain. What is the first photo machine? Well, back in the day, um, they would put um, newborn babies under a camera and just take a shot. And that's what the, the, one of those pictures is of the machine that takes a picture of the baby. And it was just offered along with the baby's footprints and baby bracelet as a keepsake. So the parents would be holding the dead baby? No. Um, it's what just, would they do? It's just a close-up of a baby. Oh, uh, I'm sure okay. you have many of them from your kids. Sure. Nowadays, they have a beautiful photographer come in the room and pose the baby. But back then, it was just a picture of a baby. Okay. Yeah, because we have heard reports in the past about abortionists providing uh, a place where women can get so-called closure after their abortions by getting photos with them. Um, that's not what we're talking about here, even though that uh, doesn't obviously make it any better, really. But uh, since this time, we've seen evidence of that happening. Uh, baptismal supplies. Did someone, did a, uh, you know, a pastor or someone come in and baptize a baby? Or what's that all about? My experience was that the parents didn't want anything to do with these babies after they were born. Mm -hmm. Sometimes right. they may not have even been told they survived. So a nurse um, could baptize the baby or a chaplain if a chaplain was on the floor. I see. Wow. Uh, again, I'm talking to, uh, with, with Jill Stanekir, registered nurse who witnessed a live birth abortion at Christ Hospital in Illinois. Uh, so after all of this, you're, you're still working for the uh, hospital for two years. And then what happened? Uh, I imagine it was pretty tense working there. A lot of pressure being put on you. What happened then? Um, well, during those two years, a bill came to the forefront in the U.S. Congress called the Born Alive Infants Protection Act. Right. It's a bill to protect born abortion survivors. And I was asked to testify. Meanwhile, in is that because of your case, because of your story? Is that why it came up? No, good question. No, it had been in the works for a decade. Okay. And okay. Um, you know how God incidences work. You know, it was right. coming before just when my story was coming to the fore that said, you know, yeah, this happens. There's a need for this law. So it was eventually signed um, unanimous consent in the U.S. Senate. We're talking Kennedy, Boxer, Hillary Clinton. Wow. Our current Wouldn't president. happen today like that. Probably. Well, NARA went neutral on the bill because it really had no it had no teeth. Planned Parenthood wasn't opposed to it. It didn't say that there, if, if you violated, you know, the, the fact that these babies are considered equally protected under law because they're born. There was no like you're going to go to prison or you're going to have to pay it a hundred thousand dollars. So they didn't mind it. And they knew that um, supporting infanticide was went a step too far, even if they might not have wanted to support it. But meanwhile, in the state of Illinois, the Department of Health determined that Christ Hospital wasn't doing anything illegal. So the same bill was introduced here. And State Senator Barack Obama was on the committee before which I testified. And he voted against the bill four times. Mm. The last time he held it up, the last vote, was, the bill was identically worded as the federal bill. So he voted contrary to his future U.S. Senate colleagues, all of them. 
and it so it can be said that he was the most pro-abortion, pro-infanticide president ever. So did you lose your job and why? If if they let you go, why did they do that? Because you were there for two years. What was going on? Was there some kind of a lawsuit or some kind of dis- disciplinary action being taken against you? What were the reasons? I was put on final warning for the twice for the whole two years. And I hate to you know, accentuate whatever stress there was because throughout this whole process, I didn't even so much as break a fingernail. It was just a war of words and intimidation, mm-hmm. but nothing like not comparable in the least to any of the um, other harms that precious Christians, you know, see around the world and martyrdom. So it was, you know, it's all relative. It was, it was stressful to me, but uh, I prayed that they wouldn't fire, that God wouldn't let them fire me for a professional misstep, that they would fire me for, uh, you know, my involvement here. And they did like, for instance, um, they, one of the reasons was that I took pictures of the comfort room. I see. So did you did you bring any action against them? We've got about uh, three minutes left. But how? What did you bring any action against the hospital after you were fired? No. Just and moved I'll, on and then testified and used it as a witness. Yes. Yeah. There were reasons I didn't, um, you know, mm-hmm. bring a lawsuit. It, it was better to walk away. Understood. My guest is Jill Stanick. She's a registered nurse and is also uh, with the Susan B. Anthony List. And you can find out more about their work at sbalist.org. Folks, we want you to take action. The first thing is to pray that more people, more nurses, more medical people, more healthcare professionals come forward and leave the abortion industry and begin to speak out. The other thing, Jill, is I want to talk about is There are, uh, you know, we had the Born Alive Infant Protection Act put into law in 2002 by President Bush. He signed it. But there's a current bill. uh, Real quickly, and uh, explain what that bill is and why it's necessary, because a lot of people think, what's the point? We already did this once. And then I'd like to give out the phone number to call the Senate, if that would be helpful. Um, Yeah, the the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act is a bookend to the Born Alive Infants Protection Act, and it has the prosecutions that I mentioned aren't in the original act. And so So that's that's the main difference. And that that is why uh, pro-abortion senators and House members vote against it. Right. And and right now, where is it in Congress? Um, It's been introduced in... um, We've introduced in both sides of the Congress and Nancy Pelosi held it up last session. She's holding it up now. And uh, in the Senate, they voted on it recently and it it failed again. So uh, what we want to do then, would it be helpful for people to call their U.S. senator? It'd be helpful if they would call both House and Senator. All right. So, folks, you can go online and look that up. The U.S. Senate, uh, go to their website and go to the House of Representatives. Look up your representative senator and call them and ask them to vote uh, for the born. What is it? The uh, Born Alive Abortion Survivor Protection Act. That That's a mouthful. But uh, <laughs> Born Alive Abortion Survivor Protection Act. You know, it's 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 I, I often think, you know, do we really need to be de- debating this and talking about this? And unfortunately, we do. Because this is a real thing. It happens. You are a witness to it. Governor Northam talked about it. It is happening, and people need to take action. So you can call your U.S. senator 
or your representative in the House of Representatives in our U.S. Congress to tell them to vote for the Born Alive Abortion Survivor Protection Act. You know, Joe, we know that this is, you know, just scratches the top surface of abortion. We need to end it all and we want to abolish abortion altogether. But this does translate to save lives if it's passed. And that's the most important thing is we want to protect lives as often as we're able. Uh, folks, you can help out by supporting our work by going to the, go to MarkHarringtonShow.com and click on the donate link there. MarkHarringtonShow.com. You can support the, uh, the radio broadcast here or the ministry at Created Equal. To do that, you go to CreatedEqual.org. There's also a donate link there. Uh, Jill, we've just got about 15 seconds. If you would just uh, give us some parting words. Um, just that it's still a current event that with the proliferation of mail order abortion, chemical abortions, that there's a great likelihood that moms are delivering live babies in the toilets in their home right now. Well, Jill, we appreciate you being on the program. Folks, uh, go to our website, MarkHarringtonShow.com, to find out. Um, and uh, be tuning in to the program. We'll be continuing to have these types of guests, and we appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.